All right, so this is the third episode of The Crow's Story. Is that correct? I yep. believe so. Ho- hopefully, the f- well, the final, <laughs> the final chapter so far. Question yeah. mark? Yeah. <laughs> Question mark. No, we'll take it from there. Myths and stories. What episode are we on? Uh, fourteen. Man, we are, we are kicking ass with this thing. I'm, I absolutely love it. Well, Fifty-two yeah. weeks in a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're mm-hmm. third, third, fifth. Well, I don't know. Math is hard. We're some part of the <laughs> way there. Uh, yeah. So we're doing part three tonight. Um, turns out the crow story is like like that when. It's it's funny too because like when I first thought of like the idea of like even doing any type of podcast, and my first idea was like, well, let's do the reef, and then it was like, well, you can't really do the reef without doing the distributary. And it's like, well, you can't really do the distributary without doing Mara, and now you can't do Mara without doing Aldrin, and now you can't do Aldrin and Mara without doing Crow. So it's like everything we've done so far. I think we've had maybe one, maybe two weeks where it hasn't been centered around quite possibly two of the most important people in the entire Destiny universe, that being Mara Sov and her brother, Aldrin Sov. Like, I, I so we, much of, of the Destiny universe re- literally revolves around the two of them. We were uh, very timely with our original <laughs> topics and yeah to go with the and, and then and for them to be and the, yeah the awoken history and then they're like oh by the way here's a whole season of it and I'm like oh well what we, well we here we go future. now we got our good refresher now we can take this further uh yeah. so yeah although so- although well no i there's a rant coming later oh uh, oh oh no let's but we'll, okay we'll save that can we can we start it with the rant and then uh no i think it's going to be best to to make our way through crow and season the lost and then and then we'll have the rant it's it's good. tangential to crow good luck <laughs> yeah yeah so last uh, so last time we we ended at basically what the the did we get through because season of the, of the splicer uh there's like two maybe three things i think we talked about um we if, got through season of the splicer and it was it was literally like that one instance of of the families uh, or of the of the humans coming into the to the the Elixney district and like getting ready to smash some ether tanks and they're writing graffiti on the wall and then Crow's just like you need to walk away now mm-hmm. and then like it even Glint's like um, you weren't really gonna shoot them were you and he just doesn't answer and Glint's like Crow. You, you weren't gonna right right like, like that's, uh, that's not a thing right. Yeah, so uh, there was there was that, and then just the fact that he was smuggling stuff um, from Spider from Spider to the Elixir quarter with, and the, with the whole the, little that little shit. Like yeah. I, I had to go find that Lauren tree to see if that's that's literally what it says. It's that that's literally shit. what it says. It's like okay, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that's him through uh, Splicer, um, and then and then literally what two days before the season started for season of lost, Bungie drops his bombshell on us that Mara's coming back. And yeah, Mara um, and Crow are center stage with, with, with an, another person who's been kind of central to the entire Destiny universe, but never really front, front and center. Yeah, I say that was. Uh, I don't know if that was planned. There's, there's some speculation that it was a leak that kind of forced their hand. Um, but yeah, lo and behold, uh, Mara, Sov, and 
Crow and Osustris uh, were all kind of the the big three um, taking, you know, taking center stage for Season of the Lost. Yeah. Uh, and the, even the name we, we've talked about a little bit before Season of the Lost uh, is such a has so many potential ties to things. Absolutely. Um, We've we're still we're back. still hoping for that uh, that sheer uh, not sheer Shiro, yeah. Yes, I did it right this time. I didn't did. say Shiro Chi. <laughs> <laughs> we're no, still, still hoping, hoping for that one to happen. Yeah, because her her ending the lore card that describes her end just describes her as lost. Um, we have the the somewhat more obvious connections with uh, you know Crow being kind of lost or, or his past has been lost. Uh, Mara has been lost up till this point, uh, doing whatever the hell Mara does. I was, uh, was going to ask, do, do we have any type of, uh, we do not. Um, like it's the last... like the last we heard from her was talking to her through the Oracle machine, like two years ago. Yeah. And if I recall correctly, kind essentially what she said there was that she was leaving to go fight, on a different battlefield. Um, yeah. And then she just was gone and without any explanation for us. I, uh, I do remember one of the, do you remember the, the season of Gambit? What is it? Season of the Joker. I think it was where we actually had that, Wilder, that, yeah. that weekly uh, mission. Uh, I think it was a weekly mission. We actually picked up from Zer. For, I, I remember him having a weekly. I remember him having thing. that I mission. And I did though. specifically, I remember going to the realm of the nine, um, and and in one of them was a giant Mara statue. I vaguely remember this. Yeah, I mean it's it all. All I can remember is this giant statue because I remember where you see the statue from, and then it sends you back to like the main area of the nine. Like when you used to go do reckoning, it it puts mm-hmm. you underneath that little pyramid looking thing. Um, which the fact that they speak in pyramids and circles is <laughs> uh-huh. we'll cover that someday. Um, but then you like, you could look off in the distance and you could see the Mara statue. Like it was way off in the distance, but it was huge. I mean, it was like, it, it was, it was like the size of a, of a tower next to your guardian. Yeah. I would have to go back, um, but I don't, I, it was so I brief. Don't... Like it was such a, it was yeah, such a boop moment that that was it. Um, yeah, but so needless to say, one way or another, Mara has been off doing things un- unknowns to us. We know kind of what happened to her between uh, her death, quote unquote, at the hands of Oryx up till we see her in the Dreaming City during Forsaken. Um, and then she sticks around for a couple weeks uh, as we see her on the three week rotation. And then she just pieces out and we don't hear from her again until the season of the lost. Uh, if you, if you go, if you go to her, um, because obviously you can still do the, the Oracle engine, uh, yeah. in game. And like, if you do that and you go there, it, there she's not there. Like ever, no, ever empty. since that final week, it's just her empty throne world, uh, with her, with just a chest in there for you essentially. Mm-hmm. And the only, I think the only significant thing about her throne world has been, and, and this, is, this is also in her chambers in Season of the Lost, there's a little pedestal with a little pyramid ship on it. Yep. And we still have no idea what the hell that's about. 
Yeah. I don't know if that's just she's keeping tabs on them somehow. Or, or vice versa. Or, yeah. Or working or, with or working no. for or working against or... Who knows? Um, Mara's plans are Mara's plans alone. And I guess, okay. I, it, it just, it dovetails into this too well. So the little, the little mini rant I wanted to go on here um, is Tangential to Crow and in that it's mostly about Mara. All right. And, rant. Okay, we ready? Rant begin. Rant begin, yeah. Uh, I kind of hate how they've written her this season. Oh, no. Like a lot. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, some Mara hate mail. We're going to get some myth hate mail is what we're going to uh, get. So I just I feel like they took a character that was originally very grandiose and very, you know, regal. Maybe didn't have all the answers, but was playing on a bigger a bigger chessboard than everyone else. Sure. And they have in this season, I feel like through her dialogue interactions with Savathun, as well as her interactions with uh, Crow and Petra and Ikora, she just kind of feels like she's throwing a tantrum. <laughs> um, a little bit. Absolutely. And it... like, I, I can definitely see that. And, and like, even from the beginning, like, uh, like if we, if we want to, if we, it, Let's let's go through let's go through the opening of the season real quick. Remember that that first that very first scene that you see where it's it's you're in I I believe you're in the dreaming city uh yeah. and you're and you're you're yeah. heading down you've got Saint with you. Yeah, um, cuz you you've followed a trail of Osiris who fleed at the end of season of the Splicer. Right. Um and so you have Saint and you have Crow in tow uh as you go to kind of confront Osiris uh saint being essentially osiris's husband and crow being you know his protege uh and so you you show up at the dreaming city um i believe it's uh harbinger's refuge is the actual area area underneath right yeah it's the area underneath like where the the oracle engine is um basically basically where the where the the entrance to uh uh, the shattered realm yeah. is the actual yeah. that what, what, the, yep. yeah that main portal there yeah so uh, that's where you show up and you find osiris discussing something with mara we we never hear what they were talking about before our little ragtag team breaks in um and it's unclear if Mara was aware, I, I think she must have been. It, it, the series of events was just odd. It because was. Because we come in and they're, they're clearly in the middle of a discussion about something. And then we confront Osiris and say, like, you know, I, I, hey, Cora we're and sure you're State, not Osiris. Yeah. Well, not, not necessarily because we go there originally with the purpose of bringing Osiris back to the city to like All explain right. himself, because almost Ikora, like a, almost like an answer for your crimes, but but Ikora was very much of the uh, yeah Ikora and Saint were very much of the mindset of like you know you you're still a good person you know we don't know for sure that you had a hand in the events that happened. Uh, 
you know, and also we, all the stuff that they found in 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 their house, right? Yeah, yeah. Where they found the the um, stuff about the the dead ghost extracting light. Um, yeah, so they they're very much were under the impression that Osiris was just kind of a tortured soul trying to figure out how to bring back Sagira, and you know had been implicated by Lakshmi in what had happened uh, at the end of season of the Splicer, a, a Vex portal opened in the middle of the city. Um, but like that, that was, that was very one-sided, uh, evidence. So Ikora wanted to be like, well, let's, let's have Osiris come back and explain himself. And, you know, we'll promise him that we'll, we won't immediately throw him in chains kind of thing. Like, like we'll, we'll Um, hear him out to figure out what the hell is going on. So that was the, the intention when we were originally doing the mission, and when we get there is when, you know, Savathun decides, like, it's not worthwhile to keep up the charade anymore. And she does the most. She, she does her little, her little eyebrow wiggle and the, the, the and finger. finger wig, the little jazz fingers. Tell me that yeah. wasn't like, like you were all like everyone in the Destiny universe that was playing this game was like, oh, my God, this is super serious. We're going to. We're, let's go. And then all of a sudden that happens and you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> and you can't, you can't do anything but laugh, right? You're just yeah. like, okay, what the hell? I, I mean, I guess that's one way to confirm it's not really Osiris. That's, uh, I mean, that's, that's something. But, so o- Osiris, or, or Sabathun in Osiris's skin, um, we don't see exactly what happens based on kind of they kind of do this thing where you see the shadow but you don't actually see the the event um it kind of looks like she either you know kind of burst out of his body or his body morphed into whatever her body looks like whatever it was it's implied that it was very grotesque and not something that saint nor crow wanted to see and Uh, and mid-morph mara's like stasis yeah, yeah. Mara's like, uh, no, no more of that. I'm gonna freeze you in a crystal, but still let you talk because that seems smart. I, uh, I've been, and I've been trying to figure this out too. Like, if Mara has this crate, like, first off, where the hell did Mara get this ability? Has she just been running around with stasis? Is is that stasis? I mean, is that a crystal? Yeah. Is it a cocoon? What the hell is it? I think the the closest approximation we have is stasis. Um, and we. And like like we talked about with uh, Ager's scepter, yeah. Apparently, the Awoken have had control of stasis to some degree for ever or for quite yeah. some time. Uh, and Mara, being the most powerful paracausal Awoken to ever exist, I get. I wouldn't be surprised that she's got some some stasis abilities. Um, That's mind blowing to think that that the power of the darkness. Or what? What we as as the player have associated with darkness, stasis being that power, that it's been in this. Obviously, it's been in this universe for centuries, millennia. Yeah. And and because I'm I'm under the impression that Agar Scepter didn't exist inside a distributary. I think that's probably accurate because light and dark didn't exist inside the distributary as I understand it. That's what I'm thinking. And so, so to me that would, that would mean that Agar Scepter 
specifically existed in the Dreaming City. The Dreaming City was made for Prince Aldrin as Aldrin, right? Like mm-hmm. after after coming out of the uh, uh, tributary and making their their home in in the um, and then you know obviously him bringing the Wish Dragon and and you know Riven helping them build the entire city up and and make the Dreaming City into a into a real livable place uh, for the Awoken. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to tangent off as we, but, uh, uh, but yeah, so, so, so we take all this into account. I'm, I'm instead of steering back on track, I'm going to steer back into my rant, taking okay. all of this into account. Right. We have we started off with a rant. Then we went into story mode. Now, now we're back in rant. <laughs> now we're going back. Uh, we have a literal goddess that has existed for in excess of 12 billion years built a, an entire universe on her thoughts alone and accomplished everything she set out to accomplish in that universe brought a people over to the soul system it, one could argue didn't necessarily accomplish what she set out to for the soul system but we also don't exactly True. know what her end goal is like yeah, walked. I mean, when you, when you think about it, like Alice Lee's whole deal was like, treat us like we're we're a non-entity. We're not of humanity. We're trying to become something else." Right. When the darkness came, and then Mara being all the way out there in front was just like, "Nah, I got my own plans." Boop. Yeah, and just like literally planned her own death to walk across planes beneath or planes between dimensions to gamble that she would be able to to take some kind of power from Oryx to then rebuild herself molecule by molecule into the body that we see her in today wished an entire city and throne world into existence with the help of Nahimkara and her Tekians and now is being completely confused and confuddled by a, you know, a a a guardian and this hive worm god that has lived for maybe a quarter of the time she has and it just it blows my mind some of the decisions that they have had her make I, um, yes, yes. It, it, there's so there's I don't, a lot of like there's a lot of like uh, uh, what I would say. I, I when I saw it was Mara, I, I expected a lot of that like that mystery around Mara to genuinely be lifted, like this veil to be lifted, yes. and it to all just come flooding forward and be like, "Look, this is my grand plan. This is what I'm doing." But it still seems like she is playing her own game. Whatever game she was playing, whatever. Well, and I, I think that's the that problem. Playing is 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 still being played by her, but only by her. Well, and and I think that's the problem that I personally have with how the story is being told right now for or around her in particular, is that it doesn't feel like she's playing her own game anymore. It feels uh... like she doesn't have control of anything and is just putting on the mask of stoic ruler because 
she had because she doesn't know what else to do. And that just seems so off character. Um, you know, in in the past, she's been mysterious and she has been cryptic. Absolutely. But I've never gotten the impression that she is one to shy away control. from admitting from either admitting her own failures. If she truly did have something not go right you know not go as planned sure and even if it didn't go as planned she always seems to have had a billion and one you know plan b c and d and so on oh absolutely absolutely so it just it to, it's, to see it's, her it's that, it's that lack of control it's it's yeah to me everything about it is that lack of control like it this whole season seems like whatever is happening she genuinely doesn't have control it's just they've they've turned her into an egotistical, stupid ruler. And that is not what she has been up till this point in the lore readings. Um, and I just, I, I don't feel like her character as we knew it before this has been done a whole lot of justice personally. Sure. Uh, for anyone that is familiar with um, Game of Thrones, and I, I don't think you are, Zor. I think we've talked about I am not, unfortunately. Uh, I am one of a, the three people in the entire world that has not seen any game of thrones <laughs> there is a character uh by the name of there's a character by the name of uh Tyrion Lannister who is very that, much a witty and not necessarily always in control but always has a a way or a plan to skew events to his favor is that um, uh, Peter Dinklage Yes, Peter Dinklage's character. I do, uh, I do love a good Peter Dinklage character. And he does that phenomenally for like five seasons of the show. And then for whatever reason, he just keeps making stupid mistake after stupid mistake until his character kind of ends up like a joke. And I get the same vibes from okay. what they're doing here with Mara. And I I'm, I'm really, curious if really hope a... that's not the case. Like so, so that brings up a, a, a few interesting ideas. Now that we've completely given up on crow, uh, <laughs> we gotta stretch this to two hours somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so that brings up a few thoughts. So thought number one uh, is this whole idea of absolute power corrupts absolutely type thing right like mara yeah. has ha has always had this control has always had this everything and now something for whatever reason is throwing it off is 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 taking that power away from her and she doesn't know what to do and so it, it becomes this like well you need to submit to me because that's the way it's always been so why the hell aren't you submitting to me so that's 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 my fierce my first curious thought about this right my second one is the, is obviously from a non gameplay non lore standpoint from the from a writer perspective of you know it, it i i have the same issue uh when i when i um get a birthday present for margie uh or or a christmas present we're like i've got to get the greatest grandest thing and then like mm -hmm. next year i've got to top that and and it it gets to a point where it becomes hard to top things right like it's you, there's only so high you can go, I feel like, before it just kind of plateaus and you're just like, well, shit, I don't know what the fuck to do now. Like, that's, that's, that, to me, is part of it, right? Like, like, like that's, that to me is like, 
I, I can I can see a little bit of that happening in this. I'm I'm I, I hopeful with you that. that that is not the case. <laughs> I'm well, very hopeful that that is not the case because obviously, like, there's so much like we could she could just come out and just tell us her plan from the beginning, just be like, hey, I planned this shit since I was like five. Like, and then just lay the whole thing out in front of us, and we would all just sit there and just be like, ah, uh, duh. And that would be the the consensus from the entire community. But, uh, um, yeah, to, to see her kind of take this, like, uh, like, she issues these, these, these task force each week, but even then, each week is, is felt, you know, it's been, hey, go rescue my Techian. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're a, God, why, why do I need to go rescue your Techian from your ley lines, from your creation of whatever? Like, why, why is that my task? I mean, I, I, it, if you're trying to, there's, there's the, there's a side of me that wants to see it from like the, you know, Mara doesn't believe in in the spoken word, right? Like, yeah, Mara is Mara is very much like words are meaningless. They're 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 shit and. People, even when people say what they say and say and mean what they say, there's still underlying tones and 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 variables in there that can't be accounted for. So maybe maybe her sending us to this realm, this shattered realm, and showing us these things and and show like like you know the first week where it was very much uh, very much like the EDZ right like there was the there was the church there there was a castle there's a there's a there's the cave system in the and the, the the fountain, and then there, you know, like maybe maybe there's something to it of 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 walking through these places and 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 having her and and even even as recently as as these last few weeks where we've had the we finally got the final ability to to see the caches uh, and for Mar to tell us a little bit about the stories that are going on here. Uh, I'm I'm curious if that's if that's just more of her trying to get us to see something or 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 like her way of talking to us without using spoken word. So that, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know, I know we've, uh, in, in the Lord, it talks about the fact that she, she sees secrets or she would prefer mystery over a truth that can be, uh, perceived differently by each individual. Yeah. Um, and that, that would be totally cool. Uh, I think really what did it for me <laughs> um, is this the last interaction, the last lore card interaction that's currently in the game uh, between her and Savathun, where uh, Savathun she tells her to shut up, does what she does, as we'll discuss, because it is pertinent to Crow. Yep. Um, and then Mara, like, like I said, essentially has a temper tantrum. Oh, and there's no essentially is, about it. she lit she has a temperature champ and gets all pissy and it's like shut up like yeah and then decides now is when you do whatever magic you need to do to prevent the hive queen of lies and trickery from talking yeah <laughs> i mean i i get that you need that like again seeing it from the writer's side i get that you needed a reason to where there wasn't going to be a new story each week because this is a long ass season. It is, yeah. I, I just I understand that. I feel like it could have been maybe, handled more. Maybe handle it just a, just a hair differently, or or maybe stretch it out just a little bit more. Maybe maybe give it another week or two. 
But yeah. again, as as we've seen with the other seasons, this is this is very typical of the season structure. Like around week six or seven, it it just becomes kind of like a hey, we've told the story we wanted to tell, you know, get caught up on it over the next five or six weeks, and then we'll have a week or two of ending story that we're going to tie everything together with a nice little bow on it and and lead it into the next season. So and the, I, and, and I find the, the the structure fine. Like I I'm, I'm perfectly okay, and I, actually I I quite enjoy the like. There's a new thing to discover each week. Sure. Um, if I were to say like, I'm not a writer. I don't know the the <laughs> incredible amount of work that goes into what they put into this. But if I were to put forward a very rough. Uh, alternative that I personally would have found a little more interesting. It would be something along the lines of uh, Osiris is discovered as Savathun. Um, we, maybe between Ikora and Zavala or help bring Eris back, somehow, because uh, Eris has been or... involved with, yeah, I, I, I think involved with, Eris has week, been involved like, with all of this. Yeah, like uh, this is like, this whole thing started all the way back in Shadowkeep with Eris yeah, so, and the nightmares and the and discovering that there's been a pyramid ship lit sorry, tetrahedron ship. If I find one more person that calls it a freaking pyramid, I'm gonna lose it. Tetrahedron ship inside the moon this whole time. Like since the first collapse, essentially. Right. And it's just Ares, sitting there dormant. We know Eris has stasis. Bring her into the story at this point. Have her be the one that somehow subdues Savathun, but maybe she can't subdue her voice. And make the entire weekly, uh, you know, the, the weekly routine be that we need to rebuild these connections within the Ascendant Plane to allow Mara to come back. Like, make make that the end objective. Not, let's let's free these techians one at a time per week for reasons uh I mean, don't get me so wrong that, have you ever dealt with ley lines before no no i suppose not so, th- <laughs> so that could that could be a complicated thing it could take a week to get all, all your week. all your all your maps together and your little you know the little metal sticks they use where they're like uh-huh. like it could take a little while to get all that set up and find the exact ley line connections where it's like Hey, this is where I need to enter at. This is where I need to interact at. This is where I need to extract from. Could take some I time. Just, I just think that I personally would have been much more invested in bringing Mara back instead of her just being a stationary, doesn't really do anything character for six months. Uh, it is kind of frustrating our... that like she's standing there and you can go talk to her and she has nothing to say. Anything. There's... There is um, no idle dialogue for her. There's I've sat there for like hours. She yeah. never says a word. Which which yeah. Um but I would have been more invested in bringing her back, making her the central character in that way, and maybe we we still get dialogue from her. Maybe we can receive transmissions, but we can't like send or we can only talk via, you know, radio or or something. And then when when after those you know six weeks go by or whatever, uh, that is the point where we have we have 
actually built the bridge and she can walk across the ascendant plane and get to us. And then she alone has the power to do, you know, to, to destroy Sabathun's worm or something. Fully lock Um, away the, 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 like to fully lock her, to fully encase her, fully lock her way to where she can't even invade our thoughts or talk to us anymore or anything. Yeah. No, I could, I could definitely see like, that's, that yes. would be more compelling to me and it would retain it would it would better retain her original character in, in her my mysteriousness, opinion. her regalness, her Yeah, because and now like we we did the best we could and we fought to get her here, and now that she's here, she she just has the power to step in and like snap her fingers and say, You don't get to talk anymore. I know what yeah, you but do. It- yeah, but then then we wouldn't have like you know seven weeks of us going and rubbing up against her in the in her throne room. I think that might just be you. <laughs> that that two and a half minute silence there was literally the longest silence in the history of anything. Um, but yes, I can I can. Yes, these are valid points. That that is my that is my one main complaint that I would leverage against your, the your one main complaint part. that has taken at least a fourth of this podcast. That is right. That is right. That is how you do a rant. You're goddamn uh, right. Um, <laughs> so now that I we've can, gotten all I, that out of the way, I I can I can definitely see your side of that. Like that's I I and and I I agree with you in the in the sense of like you know we are not writers. We're not part of the bungee staff we're not part of the overarching like maybe maybe there's something crazy that's going to happen during the the dawning or the 30th anniversary or something because you know we like obviously we still have all of those events that are happening but yeah that's still like a month away for for all those to to even start happening um and then those are going on for and then we got the entire moments of triumph uh uh that do we even do we know when the moments of triumph is happening is that after the Uh, we don't at the moment um I didn't even know if we had like a rough timeline. Like, is it, is it starting with the 30th anniversary or is it just part of the dawning or is it post dawning? I don't think they've got it on a calendar yet. I don't think it's, I don't think so either. I I think a lot of this, I think a lot of this next like two months is uh, two or three months. It feels like it's kind of being played by ear. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've got festival of the lost going on until the end of next week. Um, Yep. So, you know, that Tuesday, right? Three weeks. Yep. Uh, And then we're into November um and i think dawning and the 30th anniversary are happening pretty much at the same time that's what i thought uh, too and for some way, reason the free, Decem- free december something december dawning. like december 7th or something is 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 something like that playing in my head uh, for some reason yeah and and i interpret that as like that is that is going to be their plan for december is yep. dawning and uh, 30th anniversary. Donning 30th anniversary. Um, get everything, keep everything up and running, keep everything patched together. Because right now November, there's a, a, apparently there's a pretty bad game breaking glitch right on going on right now. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, if, people, if you know it, do not replicate it. It will auto ban you from what I've heard. I was going to say, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to mention what it is or how it's, how it's no. done or anything because I haven't looked into it. All I know is error. A what, what was the error, sweets? What? Oh, rutabaga. Rutabaga. If you get a rutabaga error, you might possibly get banned permanently. Yeah. So you've been, you've been banned. Be aware of that. Don't do things that you're not. Don't glitch things that you're not supposed to glitch. 
Um, which I guess if, if we were to take that literally, like a glitch is literally something that you found that you weren't supposed to do in the first place. So just stop glitching the game. Just play the game the way the game is meant to be played. And that's the way Bungie has designed it. Uh, not the ways you, you as the consumer or player has, have interpreted it, because that's wrong. The, there's a whole can of worms <laughs> in that statement that we are not going to get into. Uh, <laughs> instead, instead, we are actually going to loop back now on track uh, to Season of the Lost and our, our good friend Crow. Uh, we've, we've already touched on the how Season of the Lost starts. That was too much. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Segue, end, go, next topic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to keep this train on the tracks, right? Uh, um, so yeah, so, 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 we, so we get in, so now that, okay, rant over. Rant over. Story okay. begin, story resume. Uh, so we get, we get into the main chamber, and, you know, magic happens, she's encased in, 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 in stasis, uh, Mara's there, you're there, Saint's there. Saint is just like so distraught, right? Like he's just like over the oh, yeah. over the moon, just like can't can't handle shit. Like I'm like I I want to find Osiris and I want to like crush her larynx underneath my boot and like do Titan things to her that a Titan would do. Um I wanna go full Titan on that Sabbathoon. Pretty much. Like that's yeah, like it's that's very much what Saint is is and and obviously and I I think even to the point where Saint starts putting out like a weekly broadcast mm-hmm. of like Osiris I know you're out there I know you do the same for me I'm still looking for you I haven't given up hope I I will find you you know it's 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 such a that that I'm still loving that part of the story like that's yes as I much will as, agree as, as much as the Mara portion I I can. I can definitely agree that there. It, it, I don't feel like it was handled a hundred percent because, it's, especially by like week three or four, it really felt like it kind of just kind of like lost its luster, right? Like the first week, you're like, "Oh my god, Mara's back! What's going to happen?" Mm-hmm. And then by like week or four, like three or four, you're just like, "Okay, I'm rescuing your tachyons." And now what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. But yes, I, I totally agree. Every all the interactions, all the character development happening, um, honestly, with Savathun herself, like uh, really, really good stuff. Uh, her weekly talks we have with her are just yeah, um, as well as genuinely Crow. confusing and she puts, yeah. she puts a spin on stuff, which is is so interesting to see. Um, well, and that know, that's I mean that's what you'd want from a, a goddess of of trickery, oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, like, like somebody, somebody who is literally the epitome of deception and trickery to put a spin on every little thing to literally, you know, see everything from a different point of view. Like, I think well, that's the, that's the, the main thing. I think, I think the, um, probably one of the, the easiest examples to see how she's doing this is, is, uh, she talks about, kind of all of the past interactions you have had uh, with Osiris or, or her as Osiris. Yep. Um, and the, the one oh. that sticks out is the biggest uh, difference for me is, you know, Lakshmi uh, yep. opening of X gate in the middle of the city. 
uh, under the direction and supervision of Savathun as Osiris. And rather than, rather than, you know, our view would be she directed Lakshmi to open a Vex portal with the intention of at least murdering all the Elixni, and it brought ruin and death to the city until we were able to contain it. And she spins it as like, I dealt with your, your racist robot problem, essentially. Yeah. Like it. And, and again, that it's, it's that level of like, you know, who history is written by the, there's a saying that the history is written by the victor. Yeah. Like, and, and, I'm going to I'm going to throw a little musical in here for a bit. Oh boy. Um <laughs> There's there's a really a really big name musical. Uh I don't know if you ever heard of it. It has a it has a it has a really um well-known uh uh Broadway actor are, are they actors? Are they Yes. Performers? Yeah, the, the Broadway performers? Yes. Um they're uh, still acting. Well, or I I guess actors. The actress's name is um, is uh, um, let's see here. John Travolta referred to her as Adele Dazim. Um, her her actual name is Adina Menzel, and she played uh, she she played in a little uh, Broadway hit called oh. Wicked. Um, Oh yes, which is, almost no one knows about that one. Nobody knows what Wicked is. That's that's right. <laughs> um, there's a line from the Wizard uh, in there, um, where he's he's talking about how like uh, Elf Elfa kind of confronts him and is, and is and is like, "Hey, you know, you you lied to these people," and he's like, "I mean, I didn't lie to them. I just didn't correct them," you know. And then he talks yeah. about how like a man's called a traitor or a liberator, you know, a, a, a rich man's a thief or he's a philanthropist. It's, and it's all these little like different spins and different ideas on the, like, okay, well, why, why do we think of such and such in such a light? Because that's the way it's always been told to us. And that's the way it's always been written to us. But then as soon as it's shown from a, a different point of view, the way that Savathun is showing us or trying to show us like I don't want to say her point of view because it, it nothing seems like everything is coming from her point of view. Like he, she's just trying to put some sort of spin on it to have a spin on it. Right. Like it, yeah, I, I don't see her as saying, Oh, well, I, you know, you saw it as this crazy robot. And I was just like, Hey, I can solve your crazy robot problem or anything like it. She definitely yeah. has some weird, not weird. She, she never tells her side of events. She no. tells, she tells what events transpired what by and by doing so puts herself in a good light, but she never yes. reveals her motivations. She never reveals her thought processes. Yep. Um, it's always very much like, oh, yeah, this is what happened. And these are the things I did that were good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's 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 yes, that is. Yes. So, but no, I, all the character development outside of Mara for me personally, I think was, was very well done and continues to be well done. Um, and, uh, I say there's a couple of, uh, pieces 
from um, not lore books per se, but uh, a couple of items that are pertinent to kind of the beginning of the season here. Okay. Uh, and set the stage in a couple of ways. So the um, first one that I find interesting is that uh, so we we know that Mara has uh, essentially told the Awoken not to interact with Crow. Yeah. Um, don't seek him out. Don't talk to him. Any of that. And there's a particular Awoken that has oh, an interaction with uh, Petra. With Petra. In yes. regards to this. Uh, this is on the, this is on the eternal recurrence, um, which is a sparrow, I believe a sparrow or a ship. I think so. Uh, I was, I was hoping you were going to bring them up. Cause I think I just read this, like this last week and yeah. I was like, Oh my God. So I uh, will, this, the paraphrased or, or not paraphrased, but the, uh, abridged version of eternal recurrence goes like this. Julian pressed his eye to the supremacy's massive scope. I heard he's back, he said. Then you heard wrong. Petra squinted through the rangefinder. You know how it is with guardians. He goes by crow now. Julian snorted. Ironic. Only Aldrin can make immortality a demotion. He took a lot of abuse after he rezzed, Petra said, breaking the silence before it could fully settle. And never knew why. Gave him a bit of humility, if you can believe it. Julian lifted his head, shifting his focus from the scope to Petra's inscrutable expression. He raised an eyebrow. I'd like to see that for myself. I know, Petra pressed her lips together in sympathy. That's why I'm here. Mara thinks it's best if we limit his contact with others. Keeping him in her pocket, huh? Aldrin might have changed, but it sounds like Queen Mara is the same as ever. Petra's tone hardened. Be that as it may, you've got your orders. Stay away. It's fine, Billion said with a smile. It didn't reach his eyes. I've gotten used to Aldrin being dead. Probably best he stays that way. That, so, like, with the fact that they brought Julian back and was like, yeah. Hey, you know, this this guy who is literally like your brother and and was I mean, I, I I truly think of them as like being attached at the hip type thing. Oh, yeah. Went into the Black Garden together, even even under the idea like Julian was just like, this is stupid. Like, we should not be doing this. And Aldrin's like, ah, come on, let's just have a little bit of fun. And and then they go through this Black Garden, have this whole experience, which quite literally drives Aldrin insane. And how Julian kept his sanity is... Yeah, it's very Quite surprising. frankly, a miracle. Uh, <laughs> and And now it's kind of come full circle to, like, he's right back out there with his supremacy... And just like, you know, like he, when, when Aldrin, when Julian first came back to Aldrin and, and they, and they had an interaction and it was almost like, it was almost like Aldrin, like, like wasn't even, wasn't even noticing him. Like had almost completely forgotten about him. Right. Like, and now, now it's, it's kind of come full circle where it's like, okay, Aldrin's back, but he's not, his body is back. 
and he... and maybe maybe some form of his personality is back. Mm-hmm. Maybe is and and we've talked about this too with 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 Guardians Rezzing and stuff like that. That that driving force, you know, that that underlying subtext of of whatever makes a human a human, and and specifically not not just a human a human, an individual an individual. Uh, that is still there very much, but. Aldrin the person is dead. Yeah. Like there's there's nothing about there the it well, I'll leave that. on on I'll that leave point. that spoiler for soon. On that point. Uh I actually want to go into the next lore card here. And this is actually on the Wayfinder's compass. Okay. Uh, this one's a little long uh, because it's a number of entries kind of all listed out here, but it gives us a, a little explanations of what Crow has been doing. Um, I think technically prior to the season um, or, or I think immediately after the start of the season. Um, Cause as soon as, as soon as, as, as soon as Sabathun becomes, or as soon as Osusurus turns fully crystallized Savathun, all all Crow wants to do is just get in there and talk with her. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like he's so, like he just he's trying to figure out like what's real, what's what was a lie, like you know h- how much of Osiris was being talked to was talking to him, and how much was Savathun just yeah beating him line after line of bullshit. Yeah. So I I think this must have been just prior to the season or. Uh, in, I don't know, the, the time period between uh, when he was being barred from going to see Savathun or something along those lines. It, it doesn't specify. Uh, but we get some interactions of Crow actually exploring um, what I believe are pieces of the Dreaming City, as well as some of the ascendant challenges within the Dreaming City. Uh, oh, that, really? That hop into so again this is Dude, all on the wayfinder's oh. purpose um so the first one is titled the sumerian garrison borrowed a wayfinder's compass it keeps leading me to places that are almost familiar but there are missing pieces i tell glint i feel drawn here when he asks i know he doesn't buy it but he doesn't want to call me a liar either it's pretty deep in the caves found a shard of glass, stained with queen's foil. Sniffing the glass made my mouth flare with menthol. Smelled nostalgic. It's the only way I can explain it. The second entry is Ouroboria. Compass keeps leading me around here, but only for a few weeks at a time. I feel like I know which weeks it'll be before the compass tries to bring me here. It's like an internal clock going off. I saw a taken wizard disappear in thin air. I feel like I should know why, but it's buried underneath a fog. I'll keep looking and see if it clears up. Next entry is Forfeit Shrine. Waking up on that gravestone was like carving a border through my brain. Sometimes I feel like things cross over it, one way or the other. But it blurs, and I'm not sure if it's something new or just new to this me. I remember standing here, making a wish. I don't know if it was before or 
just I just know it's something I started doing or kept doing back when I first became a light bearer. I'd flick coins off the cliff and whisper little wishes. Nothing big, just little stuff I thought I could get away with. Seems a lot less silly now that I know about Ahamkara. The next entry, Shattered Ruins. There's this spot near the spine of Karis. Big guy, that Karis, carrying the whole dreaming city on his back. Her back? Anyway, every day I realize how little I actually know, and no one seems keen on filling in the blanks. It feels right here, like home. Glint tells me there's some kind of palace hidden underneath the Dreaming City, but I just see more mist. Jumping might be a good idea. Worst it could do is kill me. Maybe I'll see something useful on my way down. Glint disagrees. The next entry, Keep of Honed Edges. There's something wrong happening here. When I touch the stone architecture, it feels hollow. Not physically, but like it's an imitation of what it used to be. I don't like how familiar that feels. I think I can hear voices. And the last entry, Agonarch Abyss. I was standing in the bay for a long time before I figured it out. All of these places, they're gateways. Not the only ones, I think. The Queen's Foil does the trick. Thanks, Glint. The taste is... Well, it's still disgusting. Still nostalgic. What does it say about me if I'm starting to like it? Now I just need to get enough so I can map out all of these secret paths. Time to go hunting. So that's the end of the entries on the Wayfinder's Compass. I'm pretty oh, sure... Those are absolutely all six Ascendant Realms. Okay, I definitely edges. knew... I, I literally just went now to look at the Ascendant Challenges, because uh, I remember we were trying to get the, uh, the speed... I think you've already finished the speed runs, but I still need yeah. three more uh, for, the, for the final badge there. But it's the Keep of Honed Edges, Shattered Ruins, uh, Argon Argon Argonok Abyss, yep. or Ouroboria... Uh, Forfeit Shrine and Chimerian Garrison. Okay. Yeah, I knew some of those names were the challenges, but I hadn't looked up the others to to compare. Those are, those are literally the six. So he is he is actively coming through and seeing the different and the fact that it's on a timer because yep. it's every every six weeks, right? Like like week one is one of them, week two, week three, week four, week five, week six. Although the Dreaming City itself is stuck in a three week loop, which we so. And, and this brings up a lot of things, right? Like, we genuinely thought that killing Coria would end that three-week loop. And that three-week loop is still happening. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that leaves some questions about the mechanisms of that loop. Maybe Coria did set up the things that cause it to loop, but Coria uh, itself was not the engine. Maybe it just made the engine that that keeps that going and that's um, and that's where i'm curious so obviously we know that or we know now that um when witch queen launches 
and and we we kind of knew that something like this was going to happen uh, because of the way that that the Destiny world is getting huge as far as a file size, and it's it's genuinely becoming a strain under its own code. Mm. They are having to remove areas to make to make room for more areas, so that way the game size isn't like seven hundred gigs, right? Yeah. They're not going for the Call of Duty numbers. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, so the Dreaming City is staying. Yes, but the Tangled Shore is not. The Tangled Shore is not. The Forsaken Story is not. But is the Dream? do we know if the Dreaming City is staying as it is? Well, I think an important distinction there is that the Forsaken Story is not staying. Which... Yeah means hypothetically and I, I think they approach every time they vault something i think they approach it from the perspective of what makes sense if someone starts the game at witch queen yeah and it wouldn't make sense in my opinion for the dreaming city to be on a cycle if there were no story to explain how it got to that point if you're a new player that just starts the game at Witch Queen, did you have no you have no idea about Quoria? You, nope. You have it. It's, you have no it's, idea about Aldrin. Okay, so I saw a Reddit post today that made me think of this exact thing. It's it's a little minute and twenty about minute and twenty second video of this guy in the EDZ, and he says, "I was exploring around the EDZ and found this. Anybody know what it is? Is it future content? What the hell is this?" And he's strolling through an area that we just talked about in our, what, three podcasts ago? He's walking through Niobe Labs. Ah. And he has no idea what it is. Yep. And it's funny because it has 10.5 thousand upvotes and zero downvotes. (laughs) And every single comment is... Oh, if only I could tell you the stories or, you know, oh, man, do I miss my ringing nail? God, do I miss my blast furnace? Oh, my God. The Niobe Labs, that was the greatest thing ever. You know, I, I remember clearing that as, as a three man fire team. And I remember doing this and and and, you know, I, I know Mark and I went and did the storyline portion of it that that has you bring the the Obsidian Accelerator back to Ada. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. You're right, though. Like, if somebody comes into this into the story at Witch Queen and and comes to the Dreaming City, and there's this whole thing about this three week cycle and a curse, and they're just like, "Why? What the hell is all this about?" Like, or or even or even like, you do this whole thing with Aldrin, and you're just like, "Oh, okay, this is cool." So now he's now he works for us. Now he's a guard. Now he because mm-hmm. we're, people it's, are it's, already it's, getting confused about that, um, right? People that joined with Beyond Light. And played, you know, through the seasons of Beyond yep. Light, uh, they, unless they go back and intentionally look stuff up, or they go back and play the entirety of the Forsaken campaign, which is still available as of this recording, um, and will be available soon for free. Uh, and until will be available Witch soon Queen. for free. Uh, but unless they went back and did that campaign specifically, because you do not get anything for doing it 
no. uh, like reward wise, all the rewards are are non are unusable for the most part. Yeah. They're all from my understanding, uh, they're all sunset stuff. They're all yeah. So unless like, you it's not even like you get like a random roll of a of a new item that's yeah. been reissued. It's it's literally all old stuff. So unless you played through it purely for the story content, anyone that started with Beyond Light don't even know who Crow was before right. he was Crow. Uh, and so I, I think that, um, and I, even, even within the seasons, I saw people talking about, you know, new players talking about like, Hey, who's this crow guy? Why is he in the helm and on the tangled shore? Like for people that joined halfway through kind of, yeah, thing. that's um, even more confusing. So I, I think they, are going are are going to and i think it makes a lot of sense for them to approach the vaulting of the of tangled shore and forsaken and uh how they deal with dreaming city from a new player perspective where i'm assuming the curse will be broken you know for for all the other for all the veteran players the curse was broken for all the new players they never experienced a curse in the first place yeah um and maybe they change up the content that's there to a degree, you know, give maybe Petra we'll more some... of the dreaming kit city. Yep. Uh, dreaming city can remain a patrol zone in the way it is. Uh, and say maybe give the, the blind well, a coat of paint or something. Uh, remove any bounties referencing, um, the ascendant challenges or leave the ascendant challenges in and just make all of them available. Sure. Uh, because if Crow's finding them on a on a three week basis, like yeah, so there's nothing to say that they that they don't. And and obviously we're walking the shattered realm every week. Like I mean, yeah. hell, I can I can go run the shattered realm right now. Like it's it's just an area that we go to now. So walking into the ascendant plane, we're so it, it's it's funny to me to think of of the ascendant plane in terms of the guardian because like you know when when we were first messing with the Taken King. And and Eris is like you. In order to even enter that realm, you must become ascendant. Like you have to go through a ritual, and you have to reek of of hive ascendancy to even enter this plane. And now we enter it like it's like a like we're walking through a door. Oh, I think we got all the ascendancy we needed when we killed Oryx. Just I'll just... give you that one. I'll definitely give you that one. Um, but yeah, wait, wasn't ascendancy like... one of the weapons? It is the weapon from this season, actually. It is the the seasonal weapon you get, the rocket launcher. Uh, is that what I'm thinking of? Yes, I, that's what I'm thinking of. That's yeah, it. Yep. Okay. Nope. I was thinking we were doing a pun on some weapon from Oryx, but no. I am dumb and mixing thoughts in my head. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but so, needless to say, uh, Crow has been exploring these ascendant challenge areas and. He's being guided there by the this Wayfarer's Compass, and he is feeling familiarity about them, about being in the Dreaming City, and about you know the taste of of Queen's Foil, um, and just like it's it's that foggy kind of vague deja vu feeling, in is is how I interpret it. Um, and I'm I'm curious because so the only other I mean I guess short of Fellwinter, but the only other guardian that we have any reference that has has actively looked into their past is Anna Bray. 
As far as I know, yes. And so I'm curious if she had some of these these feelings, right? Like w- waking up with a with a badge on your hip going, "What the hell is this bat? What is like where am I? What am I doing? What is this place?" Like and why does this badge have my have a picture on it and then going to a mirror and going, "Oh my god, this this looks like me. Like what is this? Like what is going on around here?" Yeah, like, I, I I'm curious I if, if that same if that same fog kind and, of existed for her and 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 Fellwinter and and then like as they go through everything like they're like okay this is making more and more sense and more and more sense okay 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 click okay yeah. fully clicked I think for Anna it does to a degree I don't think she remembers her past um but I, I think in Anna's case, uh, I think I think I, she remembers her past for the for the but only through the lens that she's been able to see it now. Uh, explain, you know what I mean? Like, like she doesn't remember that she's Anna Bray. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like there's no way for a guardian to do that. To But to, I, I think she uh, I think she she might get the same kind of vague familiarity that yes. I was describing. I think that's why she's probably so trusting and um Rasputin. Uh, and and just never believes Rasputin can be hostile towards her. Right. Uh, for for really no good reason. Uh right. Like like than... she she is the guardian. She is the guardian Anna has no like there's there's yeah. no way for her to to know this. She just has this gut feeling about it. Yep. And this that familiarity about it. So that's that's interesting to me that 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 Crow would have kind of the same thing. Or, and I mean, you would expect him to have it around the Dreaming City, right? Like even right, even yeah. when that that the, inter, the interaction of that other uh, Awoken Warlock that had with him, where it's like, oh, shit, you're reformed. Hey, I'm Earthborn. What's up, brother? Like, yeah, that whole thing. You know that Crow was eventually going to find his way to the Dreaming City. Like it's it ever since Petra opened the gates of the Dreaming City to the to the Guardians to say, hey, we need freaking help. Please come help us. And, well, and, and he, that's, he woke up there. Right. That's I didn't, resurrected. That, that's literally where he res. Like, there's no way he wouldn't go back to where he res and go, this means something. Like, what? I, I was, quote unquote, born here. Like, yeah, and it, it what talks this about, um, I don't I don't even think we touched on it, but there's a line or two in the season of the hunt dialogue describing when uh, Spider found him for the first time and, and, and kind of his initial, uh, and even earlier than that, his initial, you know, traipsings across the, the solar system, uh, he carries and wears as like a, a cloak as his first hunter cloak, essentially the burial shroud that he yes. had when he was resurrected. Uh, and I, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but I think it it was something on the lines of like he kept it as proof that somebody cared enough about him to to lay him to rest with. To lay him to rest. Yep, that was and that was that was the that was the thing there that that like that connection, right? So yeah. that that it it's he's not just this unknown thing. He's not just a body that's just like, hey, I'm I now have this little drone and this is what I am now. He's he knows that there's more to him than than what he than what he is in the now. He just doesn't know what it is. So well, he, yeah. wants to, he wants to find out, though, 
or, or he's right. got this this draw towards it. And so we see him use Wayfinder's Compass to go on the Dreaming City. And in addition to that, he is a very, I would say, desperate need to meet with Savathun. Right. Uh, because, you know, he goes, you know, regardless of if she was, uh, you know, Osiris in disguise, like, Osiris was still the only person that I knew for most of my life that actually seemed to give a shit about me. That, that uh, A, didn't turn my ghost into a bomb and used yeah. the piss out of me, or B, beat the piss out of me for my past life to the point of I'm bleeding out for hours on end until I die, and then my little drone resurrects me, and yeah. we just kind of sit in silence for the next couple of days. Like... like Osiris or Savathun as Osiris was the first person to ever show any kind of any kind of acceptance and compassion and like kindness, just general kindness, like uh, any sort of feeling that wasn't hate or or malice or or personal gain or say and and arguably the only it's, it's super funny that we say or that I say personal gain. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we, we know that it's never, it's never it's purely sab- out of the kindness of her heart. Sabathun always it. does everything out of the kindness of her heart. She's the only one telling us the truth this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I think the only saving grace really, um, for Crow's, uh, character and like mental stability in a lot of cases is the fact that, we as the the player guardian also uh were you know showed him kindness and compassion yeah um because when we when we get there like like or at the end of the season the hunt when we're like i want him he needs to be freed like you know we're gonna give him a second chance because we know as a guardian what happens to the guardian when they become a guardian like Mm -hmm. the person before is no more there is now the guardian and he has an innate driving force nine times out of 10. That's to fight for the light. It's we're genuinely getting to the point where it's like kind of hard to figure out what the hell we're even fighting for or why we're even fighting. And I think we talked about this in one of, one of our podcasts of like, you know, with the the ghost is, is risen or the ghosts were sent out from the traveler with like no instructions, no anything. And then, you know, now, now they've got these risen that are running around, barbaric like and then that slowly tones down into the guardians that we know of today like the city age and 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 all that and like we still we still have rogue guardians here and there like obviously you know we got the drifter running his games how whatever we still have no context as to why why gambit exists like what is the gambit like what is going on there at all so um, yeah i i think i think the gambit is uh, a, I think Gambit the game mode is just supplying Drifter with resources. Yeah. Um, and I think Gambit, as in like, what's the gamble? Yeah. Is Drifter gambling of whether he should stay in the Soul System or take those resources and load up an interstellar ship and just go to the next galaxy over? Uh, and 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 you were telling me about this before too where he talked about he, he went to an ice planet and i was like oh well, that's got to be europa and he's like no 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 
that was in a different system. Yeah. Like that was not in the soul system. So that's he, he has we done know that, interstellar travel. Yeah, we know that he doesn't have any I don't want to say any desire, but like he doesn't have any like there's nothing tying him down. Like everything to him is just where's the next angle? Where's the next meal? Where's the next whatever? He's very and, much survival of of himself. himself. Yeah, not even survival of the fit, literally survival of himself. Like what what is the next thing I need to do to keep going to the next day? Yeah. And so that's like it, but anyway, the, the whole fact that that like there are these guardians that 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 are like that for somebody to show crow any type of compassion was it was just a huge move, like a huge thing to crow and for it to come from us the player obviously that that like that's where it had to come from right like that yeah. that would that would help us as the person playing the character build this relationship with him and 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 kind of like okay let's let's try to get to this point of like yes he's Aldrin but he's not Aldrin yeah it it is just Aldrin is the body that is there in front of us that is the body of Aldrin Sov but the guardian that inhabits it now is is different yeah it's it's and it's hard to describe because they are but they aren't it's like right they they are the purest form the the most innocent form of the person that they used to be innocent that's a good word for that All that's right. a really good word for that because they still have like, the same personality, they still have the same mannerisms, right? the same drive. They don't All have of any stuff. of the past experiences to draw on, right? And they don't have any of the past biases to draw on. It's yeah. ve- it's very much a like blank slate start. Yeah. of what that of of who that person is. Interesting. That's a that's a good way of putting it. I like that. So as I say in in the interest of time, you know, keep pushing through. Uh, I've got. So you say we we one two three. You you said stretch this out, and we stretched. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I have five lore entries that I I would like to get through. uh, I I thought you were going to say I've got five pages still to get through. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, Turns out, season of the lost is more like season of the lost content. Yes. Rant begin. Uh, Rant over. <laughs> <laughs> so Crow is trying to get through to see Savathun for all the reasons we we talked about. Um, and this is a scene that happens in game. He is barred from entry to Mara's throne room, which is where Savathun's being held, um, by Petra. And yep. they they have some words. Essentially, he's saying like, "I deserve to be able to go in there and talk to her." You know, I'm the person that knew. Osiris the best. Uh, you know, I, I knew her as Osiris the best. Uh, and Petra of the mindset of like, you're, you can go nowhere near her. She's already manipulated you this much. We can't let her get to you anymore. Um, you know, the queen has forbid you from entering. And I I liked this little interaction. Um, that, that line in particular, like the queen has forbid you from entering, uh, and his response to it. Yeah, because normally, as Aldrin and and Petra delivering a you know a uh, proclamation from the Queen, for any Awoken, 
uh, non-guardian awoken that is a like that is law yeah you there's, you just, there's no questioning it there's no yeah just don't do it be like all right and then just turn around and leave and yeah, that's that's it like that's- aldrin out of anybody would have been i want to say the most subservient to mara but he he very much like he would he would be a troublemaker but he respected her more than anyone else absolutely um and now petra is like nope queen says you're not allowed to go and he's like i don't fucking care what the queen says like not just that she is not my queen she is not my queen those words were somewhat like i I don't know uh, like that was like a cut like a knife yeah you know like she's not my queen like that was a pretty that that point i think was um probably what drove petra to draw a knife on him more than his insults towards petra absolutely because uh, it, it is unheard of um for like i said any any non-guardian awoken especially aldrin to just outright like besmirch yeah. the, his sister um and so needless to say tensions rise petra draws a knife Aldrin kind of laughs her off, like, what are you going to do with that? Uh, I, I love the, like, really, a knife against a hunter? Against a hunter? Yeah, that's... <laughs> uh, I did like that one, too. And they they part ways in, you know, Crow kind of dematerializes uh, in, in a huff, and, you know, Petra turns to us and is like, you know, you, you understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. We can't let her get to him. Um, and we see both sides of the immediate, uh, aftermath of this interaction via the lore card art within the ripples book, as well as, um, the actual quest wayfinders voyage and the, the, um, uh, dialogue that we have with crow following that interaction. So, uh, if we follow crow first, he, you know, dematerializes off and he really goes like 20 feet to the other yeah. side of the, the helm. He literally just walks uh, to his spot in the hill. It's very much just a, a dramatic exit to go I, back to I, his normal I, I spot. I get what they were going for, right? Like it was supposed to be like this whole transmat out effect. And then yeah. he's literally just like, it's it's like he hit a loading screen. Like he just... <laughs> uh, it's, it's essentially what happens when you're like at shacks and you just fast travel back to the middle of the tower to yeah. go talk to the cryptarch like that's it yeah. that's literally you could have just walked like 20 feet that way <laughs> but no you the guardian have all these magical powers like transmatting like yep. oh might as well use it or i'm not gonna forget it like <laughs> okay whatever so um we talked to crow and we get this this little bit of of quest text Crow is fuming after being barred from speaking with Savathun by Petra Venge. Venge thinks I'm vulnerable, and I'm just supposed to take a seat, he asks. He looks to you, pointing out that other people knew Osiris longer than he had, including yourself. He tells you he's tired of being held accountable for the actions of the person he used to be. Our past lives aren't supposed to matter, he says. Crow takes a moment and then nods to himself. He tells you he deserves answers, and he isn't going to wait around for someone else to give him permission. So Crow has very much resolved himself to like, this is bullshit, 
they yeah. can't, they, I am done listening to people not allow me to do things based on somebody that I used to be. That I don't even know out my own way. Like, um, like it's so much about like, everyone tells me I'm not supposed to know who I'm, who I'm supposed to be or who I was, but everyone is holding me accountable for that person. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone is, is treating me as if I am still that person. And it's, it's such this double standard, right? Like this, it's, I'm, I'm with Carl. It's fucking bullshit is what it is. Like that's, that's what it is. I'm I'm with him too. And honestly, the, the, it, 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 there'd be no way to do it. But if we had a little more agency in the game, I would love again. I don't know how it would ever play out, but if, if I could control what was happening in game, I would just take my character and be like, crow dude, let's grab a drink. I need to tell you a story about everything. <laughs> Cause you need to hear it from somebody. I need, I need you to hear about what the hell is going on here. Yeah. Like with but I've I know these two guys, they have this podcast, they do it every Monday. <laughs> we could just tune in, we'll just listen to them, they'll tell you the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, that's nice that that's a good self plug right there. Oh um, bam. <laughs> uh but I would I would love to have had the the there's opportunity this, this in game to just been like man been do videos about this shit for years yeah. <laughs> we got you covered brah he has this silky voice super super easy to listen to we'll we, we'll be good we got um, you covered brah <laughs> yeah that would that would be what we would do so unfortunately we can't do that so crow has just kind of resolved himself to I'm going to get in. I'm going to figure out what I need to figure out. No one's going to be able to tell me otherwise. Yep. The other side of this interaction, we have what uh, happened with Petra immediately after. And this is from Ripple's chapter four art. Petra Venge hangs her head and examines the hilt of her sheathed knife. Transmat particles still swirl in the air around her like tiny flecks of dust as she, as she steps back through the helm gate to answer her queen's summons. Marasov's voice washes over the chamber's stone and crystal. He belongs here, Petra. This place draws his old self out. She pauses, knowing Petra will be silent while allowing her to steep in the words. You saw it too. He should have never been allowed to leave. I wish I hadn't, Petra says with a heavy sigh. How am I supposed to proceed? Mara stands on the terrace above her. Give him only morsels of who he could be, nothing substantial. He is a canvas on which work has already begun. I mean only to guide that work to a familiar conclusion. Such things cannot be rushed. Petra shifts her stance anxiously. You're sure? Are you questioning me, Petra? Never, my queen. But I do worry that he is vulnerable to Savathun's influence. Petra offers. She clearly has taken an interest in him for some time now, and he clearly reciprocates that interest. Your words hold no falsehood. You and I will mitigate this danger. If Crow and Aldrin are to meet, it must be a subtle progression. Morosov leans over the terrace railing. 
I believe my brother's recovery is possible, Petra. Will you help me? Without a moment of hesitation, Petra responds, I will do anything you ask, my queen. But doubt springs in her mind. If he does become... problematic, Petra trails off. You needn't worry, Mara soothes. If Savathun moves to exploit him, I will put an end to it myself. So, there's a couple of bits here that I think are worth touching on. Um, I think one, one of the most obvious is the the loyalness of the Awoken people to Mara. It's, and Petra especially. Um, Petra is literally the Queen's Wrath. Like, she is the number two. She took over, I say she took over for, for, for Shirado, but there's only been two Queen's Wraths, Shirado yeah. and Petra. So... <laughs> It's what what I think was originally represented as a deep respect and uh, loyalty out of belief that their queen knew what was best is kind of skewing towards zealotry. Yeah. At, at this point. Um, we're we're seeing. It's not, it's not, how to say it, even, even when the Dreaming City in, in Forsaken was first corrupted, but it first had its curse, uh, and we're going through and we, and Petra contacts the queen for the first time, and Petra has been holding the Awoken people together since the queen's death uh, during the, the hive, the war with, with Oryx, um, and she she never accepted the role of queen, which she had been offered. Petra could have been the second queen of the Awoken. Yep. Um, and she's like, no, I know Mara is still alive. I know she is out there. You know, she told me to wait for her, and I am going to wait for her. Uh, and it was this... It was loyalty born of confidence and born of love for their ruler not not romantic love but like the the same way that someone has faith in you know their their country or faith in you know faith in what whatever they subscribe to sure it was that kind of like i have the utmost confidence that this person would would have never lied to me and so i will continue to hold you know, hold the line. So, so it beyond, I feel like it almost goes beyond like loyalty, right? Like it, it's, yeah. it's, there's very much, it's, it's because loyalty to, to a person or loyalty to a cause or loyalty to a people or whatever, like that's, that's one thing. But this, this is, Petra is, is, is very much like maybe? devotion. Yeah. I mean, it, like it's to, like to a fault. Well, and I, I suppose if we go, if we look back at our, our discussions about Mara originally, you know, the Awoken people, based on her discussion with, with Sir Ido about, you know, Mara's godhood, outside of Sir, based on their conversation, it seems that the Awoken people truly revere Mara as a god. Yeah. So maybe. Absolutely. Maybe it truly is devotion in a religious sense. 
Um, you know, maybe that is what is driving, you know, and they, and they see her as a literal God as a deity and Petra being the closest person to that deity. You know, if we're trying to draw real world conclusions, then, you know, or, or real world comparisons, then we could maybe, uh, equate Petra to something of like the, the Pope as far as yeah. like in, you know, the, the, the closest, you know, quote unquote mortal to the deity that, that they, their faith is around. Yeah. Um, I could, I could see that comparison. So I'll be a yeah. Pope with like a, a gun and a sword and a, and knife tricks and boobs. <laughs> That too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, me, me. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> so. It, Maybe it, it was a Pope had boobs. I'd pay attention more in Sunday school. No. Uh, <laughs> but so I, I think, I think we're on the right track though. This, this is like a religious zealotry in their belief in what she says. Um, and Petra, I think, that, feels that more. My wife can only hear you. half of this podcast right now, and so all she hears is that. And she was just like, "Excuse me." <laughs> all right, I'm good. <laughs> Petra, Petra's my new bay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And this is why editing exists. Uh, oh, damn it! <laughs> Uh, so needless to say, um, there's, there's that bit, the interaction, just the, the, that level of, of, uh, faith, that level of sure. belief, um, in, in this interaction between, you know, of Petra to Mara. And then in addition to that, Mara has, has said to Petra, essentially a, she believes that Aldrin is still in there somewhere. And mm-hmm. that Crow and Aldrin can meet, you know, um, and that she wants to steer the person he that Crow turns into, essentially. Um, she wants to guide the work to a familiar conclusion. Uh, which is th- this is a, a tad bit of like what I consider the quote unquote old Mara or, or this is more in line with what we've seen before for more Mara. of the mystery Mara, more of the, the, yeah. I, I, I've always had a plan Mara. And, and we, we see it uh, related to in some other interactions with her, where she talks to the guardian about, um, I think in the, the Agar scepter quest about, you know, if things had gone differently if things had gone how i had wanted them to go originally then uh you know i would have aldrin the light bearer yeah i would be able I, to I wield i would have i would have wielded aldrin the light bearer or no so, no she doesn't say the light bearer because she says no, she aldrin light bearer comma, and that's where we bearer. had a that's where we had a confusion of is she saying aldrin and then just taking a breath and saying light bearer or is she yeah. like, I would have wielded Aldrin 
you asshole light bearer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Pointing at us uh, like you like. She using light bearer as a title for Aldrin or light bearer as a reference to us. As a um, almost, almost a derogatory reference to us. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and that it, it very much shows that she has had designs for quite some time for Aldrin to have the the ability to wield the light. Uh, I don't know that that necessarily means that she predicted or knew about his death at our hands. I, I don't believe that she predicted that to be the case. Um, so here's a here's a here's a Savathunian spin ooh. for him to wield the light or the dark. Well, he's guardian. He can do both. Well, if he if he hadn't become a, a guardian, we know that non guardians can wield the dark. This is true. Agriceptor is can awoken. Wield the light if they're a non guardian by nature of being, you know, touched by both. Well, shit. I guess would be the question. Well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we, we Dad, know I had this Nora. really cool moment. Let me have my moment, Dad. <laughs> I say we know they're paracausal beings. Right. We know they're they're naturally paracausal. Um. So it's yeah. I don't. We we don't know what her original plans were. Right. We just know that she wants to use him as a weapon. Right. A, a light wielding weapon. And although her maybe original designs of how that was going to happen didn't end up happening exactly as planned. She still intends to use her interactions with him and his, uh, his proximity to her with everything that's going on to steer him towards uh, essentially becoming someone she could still use is, is how I read it. Right. Um, she wants him to turn into someone that, would either still be loyal to her or that she would be able to control to her, her designs. Um, which although is fucked up is still classic Mara. That would be Mara. Every, um, everything is a tool. Everything's everything's some type of grand design, something for her grand plan, her grand design. Yeah. So as crow, uh, you know, Mara is saying, nope, keep him away from Savathun. We we need to make sure this goes by our plan, slow and steady. Uh, paint him as the man we want him to become. Crow going, I don't care what they're what they're trying to do, why they want me to stay away. I'm going to figure this crap out. I'm going to meet with Savathun. And through ways yet undis undisclosed, he sneaks into Mara's chambers and has his meeting with Savathun. That uh, and 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 I wanted to talk about that for a second. How the hell? Uh, okay, <laughs> let's let's do it as a gameplay thing, right? Like, yeah, he's a hunter, so he has invisibility. I'll give yep. him that. As the crow, as or as 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 Aldrin. We knew he he was a very good sniper. He that's that you know he and Jolien were constantly playing each other shot for shot. So they they we I assume they know how to use active camouflage very well, right? Because 
from a military sense, from from me looking at it as, as a military side, snipers are some of the most like revered people in the art of camouflage. Um, they they in in a field they could be sitting right in front of you and you wouldn't even know that they're there type thing. Yeah, I I can I I suppose, but this is Mara's chamber. I'm pretty uh, sure she knows everything that's going on in there. And she has a damn Ahamkara bone b- egg. Egg. Twenty feet from her. You tell me she couldn't. She didn't see the little shimmer of 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 an invisible guardian walking through her freaking portal. Well, and let's not forget that Mara, by her own admittance. Uh, again, I think this was during the Agar Scepter quest, says that she felt Aldrin when he when he revived. Like, she felt the, the quote-unquote, the second heartbeat, the twin heartbeat. So she has a connection to Crow on that level, even so if So that he... brings up a question. Uh, it, yes. But, is so it, he, even if is he... It, uh... Is it because, does she feel that because he's her twin does she feel that because of some grand design of her and the distributary and the creation of that and the creation of the awoken people or does she feel that because he is awoken and she inherently has a connection with every awoken being and if she has that connection with him as an awoken does she have that connection with every single awoken guardian so these are all good questions my interpretation of her connection to Aldrin slash Crow specifically is that it's it's a twin thing um, okay. because she they are described as having like almost this telepathic sense with each other even prior to them being awoken when they're they're humans aboard the the Exodus Green right um, so I think that in particular that connection is just inherent to them I uh, However, we do know she has a connection to the Awoken in general. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that connection still exists, even for Awoken that are resurrected, whether they know about it or not. Uh, because we don't know if that's if it's a like when they came when they came back through the distributary that when they started hitting each, the Jensen scribes started hitting each other with. With with uh, um, um, radiation, mm-hmm. and was like, "Hey, we're magic. We're just inherently <laughs> magic. Like, we don't know how to explain it. So magic. Well, like we... we don't we don't we don't know if that was a telepathic thing. If that was if that like obviously there since they are using radiation, they're using some sort of physical." science to go with it to try to explain it it could just be the connection is on a physical level but like a particle level right like like such a such a minute tiny individual level as in like just the atoms of the awoken are inherently almost like uh um quantum entanglement yeah Yeah. right like every atom of every awoken since it's been near a black hole oh my god i think i've just it lived in a black hole. They literally lived in a black hole. Every single cell of every every single molecule of every single awoken has been quantum entangled. 
That's a cool thought. <laughs> That's I don't know why I've never thought of it from that from that point of view but that's that's literally why she can talk to him that's why they that's why they she can feel everyone which i guess the question then becomes if if we are using that theory that it's on a molecular level are resurrected awoken still the same at a at a molecular level ooh but but we know that the light has a frequency and we've described that frequency as being infinite. Yes. So does that frequency interaction of being rezzed change the quantum entanglement, the quantum properties of the molecular structure of the being that is the guardian to no longer be in tune with that other quantum particle? I think an argument could be made that yes, it, it would change it. Just I by feel really smart fact. right now. You know, like like when like you walk in a room and you like <laughs> like when you were in like fifth grade and you were just like, yeah, I've seen boobs. What's up? And nobody else in the room has a clue what you're even talking about. And and you feel like literally the greatest, smartest person in the world. That's what I feel like right now. That's literally what I feel like. Um. I'm sure everyone feels like quantum entanglement is the equivalent of pornography. Uh, so I would, God. I would argue that. God damn it. <laughs> I would argue that it's likely that uh, being resurrected in the light probably does affect, uh, does have an effect on, on entanglement just because, you know, it, it was it was the combination of light and dark that caused it in the first place that caused right. the black hole. Uh, so clearly it has the capacity to, you know, bring about that kind of phenomenon. So it probably doesn't leave things unscathed when it, you know, rebuilds them. Yeah. That's but, just, that's 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 just mind blowing. Like if that if that's true, like if, if we try to think of that from like a from like a physical science yeah point no, of view like that's i feel like that's i feel like that's definitely a a valid argument no, i think so too i think so too that's that is a very cool explanation for what could be going on there um we did it we did it bungie <laughs> we explained it with science <laughs> now hire us damn it <laughs> damn it uh uh stop making boom jokes <laughs> yeah zora will never be allowed near <laughs> flavor text yeah, ever. <laughs> I know. We've already demonetized this one. <laughs> uh so so getting back to our story here, um Crow sneaks his way in through who knows how uh past Mara and her I think like five or six Techians at that point. Right, like there's like a uh, whole circle of Techians like just standing of, in the center of this of place. Tech witches yeah. That are supposed to have essentially uh, less grandiose versions of Mara's power. Anyway, yeah. anyway, we digress. We were literally um, like Mara was like, hey, I designate you people. Figure out this magic shit. Yeah. And that's what they did for the last hundreds of thousands of years. But apparently they can't detect a lone hunter with a smoke bomb walking right in front of them. Smoke bomb. Um, <laughs> Wow, that's way more effective when you use it rather than just screaming it. 
That's that's my new thing with Margie. Who knew? <laughs> anyway, so he, he goes he in. He's Sabbath. standing there next to her, next to Sabathoon. You come up to him, and and this whole thing plays out. Yeah. So we get this this discussion between Sabathoon and Crow. Um, him essentially saying like, "Why did you?" you know, lie to me? Why did you manipulate me? Uh, was it all a lie? Did you ever really care about me? Um, getting very like ex <laughs> ex boyfriend slash girlfriend vibes. Um, yeah. was you know, it even real? <laughs> it, it really like that. That is what that interaction felt like. Did you, um, did you, did you even love me? When we, when we <laughs> shared that meatball, was that, was that just, <laughs> Was that just feelings? Was that just was that just fake? Was it not that real? So Savathun goes on to tell him that, like, oh no, 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 like I, I, I love those meatballs. <laughs> I absolutely love spaghetti and meatballs. It's my favorite. I, uh, I cared about you. You know, we were both outcasts in our own ways, and like I felt a kinship towards you, and you know, I wanted to to help you and and make sure that you're your life was going to get better. And, uh, but you know, it's all, all the people here are, are trying to keep secrets from you. They don't, all the people here don't want you to know anything about yourself, but how can you get better? How can you move on? If you don't know where you, where you came from, where you started. And if you want to know those answers, just, just touch the crystal Touch the prison that she's in, and touch, uh, touch my butt. See, so yes, trying to avoid anything Damn that could go. There, I couldn't but... stop. I couldn't resist myself. There it I is. Should, I should have known better. You should have uh, known. <laughs> lay lay hands on. <laughs> lay hands on my crystal, baby. No, that's worse. That's worse. Just, just touch me, baby. Yeah, that's that's way worse. That's way worse. It just he touched your butt. She, what, whatever, do do whatever we're trying to skirt around here, and uh, and she would trans. She would give him that that information that he's so long been desiring. She would show him who he used to be, and despite well, what she says, this and this is the big question. So, despite what Glintz, I. Uh, Telling him, like, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You know, don't listen to her. She's trying to use you. Like, you know, this is only going to be bad. Um, he quote, does it anyway. Quote Finding Nemo, don't touch the butt. I'm going to touch the butt. And he does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, we get... Crow supposedly getting his his getting the memories of Aldrin. I guess I should say getting, seeing the memories of Aldrin. Getting something. We still have no idea what Savathun showed him. And that's the big thing. The the only clue we have is that we have a a uh in the audio mix is a undertone of Aldrin saying Everything I did, I did for her. 
which is are the those are the last words he says, uh, or or not the last words, but so part of the last words he says, uh, at the end of the Forsaken campaign, just before being shot by Petra and our guardian. Yep. So presumably he at least saw that. Yep. Um, when we ask Savathun, like, what did you show him? She says everything without any explanation. Yeah. Uh, and we don't, and, and again, her being the, the hive goddess of trickery and deception, it, it, everything from her is not to be trusted, right? Like it's, yeah. What is, what does everything mean? What is, is it everything she wanted to show him? Is it everything that he needed to see? Is it everything that Mara has been keeping from him? Is it, what does everything mean? And I, I think the big question that we we may or may not get answered anytime soon is what was the mechanism to reveal those memories to him? And what I mean by that is it Savathun played a movie reel in his head of like, hey, this is Aldrin. This is who you were. That's or an interesting thought. Did she unlock something to allow him to access the memories that have always been there in her research of dead ghosts and light stuff. Did she find some way to revert the memory loss? Yes. And this, this I think is the biggest question because Mara in the, in the reading we just had a little bit ago, Mara talks about, she believes that Aldrin can be recovered. She believes, no, I believe my brother's recovery is possible. So, Mara seems to have information at least suggesting to her that Aldrin or the memories of Aldrin can be recovered. We know based on the witch crane trailer that Savathun, uh, presumably has the powers of the light now and knows who she is. You know, Savathun knows that, that she is Savathun and what her, right. her motivations and thoughts and memories are. Right. Um, so and if she the, if if she has the power of the light and still has all of her motivations and knows who she is and all that stuff, then there's definitely some way to gain light abilities. And I think you said it best. Uh, um, who do, who do we decide? Uh, uh, Amanda Holiday. Yeah, would possibly be the first yep. non amnesiac guardian. So so here's here's another little bit to that Amanda Holiday theory from the last episode. Uh some some interesting and potentially troubling things. Um so for all the all the reasons I discussed before, Amanda Holiday has been said by multiple people like you would make a great guardian. Uh by Shax, by Mithrax, by Osiris as yep. Sabathun, um by Saint like pretty much all the notable figures in the tower have been like, you have all the qualities that make a good guardian. Uh, you know, however, the barrier to entry is a little steep. So like, don't we, we don't want you to be one. Don't, uh, don't go actively seeking it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, however, however, we have in the season immediately following uh, season of the Splicer. So in Season of the Splicer, you have Saint and you have Osiris as Sabathun. 
um, both in that season make dialogue regarding Holiday's uh, character and how much she aligns with the character of Guardians. This season, the season immediately following, we had a particular item come back into the loot pool called Spoiler Alert. And the flavor text on Spoiler Alert simply states, somebody's gonna die. The last time we saw the Spoiler Alert item in the weapon pool rotation at a uh, power level that was usable. God damn it. Was just prior to Forsaken. God damn it. And we all know what happened there. So that might all be spin foil. That, and it doesn't might... even have like a lore tab. Like there's no, nope, it's, it's literally just, just spoiler tab. alert. Someone is going to die. And they, like, if there's no, like this could all be just subliminal messages, shits, but. So I, I could see Amanda holiday being either, like I said before, either the first light wielder the first guardian that didn't die prior to gaining the light or she is killed probably by savathun knowing that she is a very good candidate to be resurrected by a ghost uh to or be an experiment or well or yeah, however savathun is doing her resurrections so we still have um, no idea the the manner of her resurrections I mean, they they in the trailer, they seem very similar to uh, what we see Argos do. You know, they have the same color, light skin. And and even and even the 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 rebuilding on a molecular structure. Yeah. Of of the of the of the acolytes. Right. Like it literally molecularly like you see it like forming atom by atom type thing. So, yeah, I really think that. I, I think Sabathun has not manufactured light. I think she has she has it in some way, whether it be stolen or, you know, mind controlled or what. I think she has the light as we know it. Sure. Um, and it, and it, and like we because we, we don't know if it's like if she has it stored up in like a like a traveler ball, like she's just right. She has yeah. her own little like traveler ball orb thing. Like, hey, I got a light over here, and I can parse it out. You know, ten ten light bits at a time and you know like it is 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 it like cryptocurrency is is she just like farming that shit i mean if (laughs) she has all the if she has all the video cards right now i'm just gonna be i'm just telling you right now blame blame sabathun for your i'm no longer team sabathic and we'll Uh, go to team amanda thick like that's fine i I don't have a problem with that i i can support that one much more than than sabathic however Here's here's a thought, scary thought, actually. In the trailers, and I guess I'd have to look, do we ever see Savathun with a ghost, or is she simply sending ghosts out to other hive? I think I think she's just sending ghosts out to other hive. I don't think she has one. I don't ever remember seeing her, her with a ghost. So Because if we saw her with a ghost, like that would be a direct so here's here's the the what bit. Would you, what would you call that? Here. Here's here's the juxtaposition I'm getting at here. 
if Savathun in the trailers is being shown as sending ghosts forth to resurrect other hive, the most immediate comparison that I could make to that iconography, that symbolism, is the traveler sending out ghosts to resurrect humanity. Absolutely. Which, so to me, maybe, it would mean she is wormless. Not only is she wormless, she is generating light. Oh, shit. If, if she, perhaps the, the ghost she's resurrected, uh, you know, she... We have, we, have no, she cannot... we have no type of, like, reference or anything of, like, do ghosts need to recharge or anything like that? Like, Well, we know if ghosts don't have a connection to the light, they don't work very well by nature of the Red War. Uh, oh, right, right, right. They don't work very well, or they, or, or like the, they, they can't the, provide. Uh, the, I think in the dialogue, the ghost says, "Like you know, I've lost my connection to the light. I can heal you, but I can't resurrect you. I can't bring you back from the dead." Right. Um, which is interesting in and of itself. But uh, so if if we're if we're continuing with this comparison here, I think. Prior to this, I have been operating under the assumption of Savathun is steals the light from the Traveler and then uses it and distributes it. Maybe she isn't stealing light from the Traveler. Maybe she has found the source of light and is turning herself into a hive version of a Traveler. Maybe that's why she wants to be free of her worm. Because she needs to have room. She can't. She can't she can't be she can't be beholden to two gods at the same time, right? Because we've always talked about how like the the worms and the worm gods are like the mm-hmm. they're kind of like the the darkness equivalent of the ghost and and traveler. Like it, it we are as much mm-hmm. beholden to our ghosts as they are to their worms. Like well, and- every everything we as a guardian have, the the ability yeah. to res, the the light, the ability to to do everything we do is because of our ghosts, albeit on a less uh, parasitic level and more of a yeah. mutual, like I, I say as a non-parasitic, like less, less parasitic, we still have no in- idea of the true intention of the ghost, right? Like the, right. It, or the traveler it, or the traveler. Like we we're still like pawns in this giant game of chess and, and the worms are very much a parasitic style thing. Like we have to be fed. We'll give you powers, but we have to be fed constantly. And that fed, that growth, or that fed has an exponential growth to it, or that 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 hunger mm-hmm. has an exponential growth to it. So it's it it's interesting to me to see that from the other side of it and say, well, if Savathun, it like, is it possible to be beholden to both sides can you truly be a savior i I say savior a a deity of light and dark is is that is possible not what mara is oh shit i mean oh I, i don't know how else we would describe her uh, we already said she is a deity as far as the Awoken are concerned. Uh, oh, she has shit. paracausal powers. Of And she is both touched by light and dark by nature of being an Awoken. Um, oh, shit. And 
Savathun's endgame has always been not to swap sides from dark to light. It's Let's been be above it. It's been to be above it all. You know, Knockers asked her, um, you know, are what what does he say in, in that? I'm I'm going off memory here. Uh it's something along the lines of um uh are the masters here no, I think it was sooner than that. But she essentially tells him, you know, no gods. Like we we will not follow anybody. We will right. you know, have our own path. Uh so in the, in the one where in the in the in the in the one where it's her as as a thrall, it's just her voice coming through a thrall. Yeah, in her talking to Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I remember which one you're talking about now. Um, holy shit! Yeah, no, like she very much is wanting to be above whatever this game is being played. And I'm I'm curious. I'm or curious she wants she... a seat at the table. Oh, you know, if, if we have the entity of the dark as as and the light you know, she wants to be an equal to them she yeah. doesn't and and i don't i don't know see i still think of it as she wants to be above them i don't think she wants to be an equal to because she's been beholden to one for so yeah. freaking long like we say we say that and and you made the point tonight of like mara is you know over 12.1 billion years old because of the time she spent in the distributary but we don't know if and we've theorized about this before. If Savathun has created pocket universes to try to feed her worm infinitely, and and not have to worry about the hunger so, at all, I want to say she has tried that and failed. Yeah. I, I again, I uh, I don't remember exactly where I'm getting that from. I, I remember that I, though. I feel like I have a vague recollection, maybe in the books of sorrow somewhere maybe that's where it. she tried to like make a, a infinity engine yep. um, that would continuously feed her worm. And I, for some reason, I, I don't think it worked. And, and um, either part of the book sorrow or the uh, uh, um, truth to power. It, yeah, it might have been truth to power, yeah. right? Where, where, where the whole thing with Coria and and the Dreaming City and trying to create a battery there, and and literally just trying to create a time loop to where it can feed the worm instant in, in infinitely, right? And so, so if she's trying to do stuff with black holes, if she's trying to do something like that, we know that the the distributary was inside a black hole, so it it would it wouldn't be unreasonable to think that she has spent some time inside of a black hole, inside of a singularity to try to replicate this. She's familiar enough with them to have a thrall stuck in one to communicate with knockers. Right. So maybe, maybe she's just as old as Mara. And she's like, maybe she and Mara, are like yeah. the two oldest beings in the universe right now, because they're the only ones that have screwed around with black holes in time. And that they're just like, like Mara sees it as as like Mara's original plan, right? Which we still have no freaking clue what it was. Yeah, I I still think of it like we know that she wanted to come back to Seoul. She know we we know that that when she was in the, when she created the distributary and at the end of the distributary when she was leaving, her whole goal there of the distributary was to come back to the Seoul system to repay the debt of immortality, like. 
and and well that was that was what she told her that's followers. what she told we us still don't know if that was her actual if that was reasoning. the truth exactly and that's i'm i since that's the only reference we have to go on that's that's what that's what i'm going to base this on if if that is her goal or, or if that is a goal of hers or if that is a reasoning for her coming back then if Sabathun has spent the same amount of time or less or more, whatever, inside any type of singularity to, to just be left alone with her own thoughts or to see the, the, the plight of, of millions or, or even to just be free of the worm to go back to the old ways of being the krill, right? Like, the, the, um, like just wanting to be free of this hunger. That is one is thing. It, is Savathun has come across um, in this season, especially with some of the the lore cards and whatnot, as being very uh, nostalgic for yes. you know how things were prior to their deals with the worms. Um, Which makes you wonder how long has she been like this? Has has she been this way since the beginning? Has has because do you remember which one of the sisters it was that that when they found the ships they were like we need to die, we need to use this and explore. I don't. I'd have to look. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I know. Not. I know. We're getting short on time, so that's what. That's. What, I. I don't mean to to no, dive no. off the deep end. All of a sudden, with <laughs> two minutes left or something. But yeah, no. Like it, it'd be interesting to go back and see if if that's who, uh, um, if Savathun was the original one that was like, we need to go explore, or Savathun was one of the original ones that was like, nah, fuck that, I'm going back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd have to look at the Books of Sorrow. But uh yeah. but yeah, going back to, to Crow, we're we're nearly done or or caught up with where we are currently in the game. Uh so Savathun reveals his past or whatever color variation of his past that she's decided he needs to see. Um and we have a, a short discussion with him afterwards. Um and we get this quest text. Now I know the man I was, Crow says, anger rising in his voice. You can tell he wants to yell, to scream, to ask why you didn't tell him the truth. Ultimately, he decides he understands why you and the Vanguard handled his past the way you did. I don't think I would have told me either, he admits. He says he saw everything he did as Aldrin, as if he were reliving it. He looks shaken, but studies himself and explains that he too is afraid of the man he used to be. I've asked Ikora to put me on another assignment, he states. Crow looks to you and assures you he just needs some time to think things through. He tells you to offer whatever explanation you like to the Awoken Queen, but for now, he just needs to be alone and asks that you respect his privacy. And immediately following that, we get uh, this, I believe, the second to last. The last lore entry, I don't believe, is unlocked yet. For I was going to say, the last one we have access to right now. Ripples. Um, so this is in the, the lore book Ripples, uh, entry six, Isolation. Space is loneliness, far removed from any of the system's planets. It is at once suffocatingly dark and blindingly bright, depending on which way you turn. 
A jump ship sits in a fixed position in the black. Engines off, orientated so its underbelly faces the glare of the distant sun. There is no true cockpit inside the radiant excipiter. The ship's canopy projects an image to the pilot. No frame, no obstructions, just the infinite gulf. Crow stares up at the blackness between a cluster of stars he can't identify. He wishes he were there, where nothing is known, where everything can be new. Glint rests in his guardian's lap. He's accustomed to Crow's hands cradling him as though he were a small cat. But in this moment, Crow's head is instead in his hands, fingers tangled in his hair. Glint is silent, patient. He knows he has to be. Crow makes a small sound in the back of his throat, and the ghost stirs. When this is followed by an unsteady hitch in his breathing, Glint floats up, presses himself to Crow's chest, and begins to hum. Crow's hands close around him, clutching him against his heart. And that is how Glint knows Crow is still the same inside. Some time passes. Sulfurous plumes rise from the fissures in the Venusian soil. Crow marches across the planet's surface, his boots crushing thin sheets of calcium that skim across shallow, iridescent pools of water. His jump ship is perched atop a rise nearby, clear of the unstable field he now traverses. Crow, please, Glint pleads over his guardian's shoulder. Can you tell me why we're here? And that's the end of that card. So, poor Crow. <laughs> Dude, he's uh, had a life. He's he's he, had a life, and now he's had to relive it. Like he's and and so we get, we do have a little bit of context of of. It's I I think somebody I don't remember who said this to me, but it it was like a theory. Like, what if what if. Savathun really has been telling us the truth this whole time. Like, if, 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 like, her little game is to tell us every little thing and make us question every little thing she tells us as if, like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Like, and, and so when she says everything and then we come back to Crow and, and, and it says, I, I relived, I relived my life as Uldren. I, as as if seeing it through his eyes. So, like, but would he know what the complete picture is? Like, yeah, he he like, can say the, he relived his life as Aldrin, but if if he doesn't know what Aldrin's life right. was, like, he doesn't have a point of reference to know if that's all of it. He only he only has what to go off of what what was shown to him. Right. However, I do I do kind of vibe with the idea of like. Sometimes the most, you know, the most powerful thing that can be said, the most dangerous thing that can be said is not a lie, but a truth. And that also you kind know, of... Or, or like, like you, you never find what's hidden in plain sight type thing, right? Like, that's... Mm -hmm. that, 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 that also, uh, that rolls into the Witch Queen, you know, kind of... Uh, catchphrase is the wrong word. Uh, no, the catchphrase, the truth is a funny thing. Well, specifically, survive the truth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we always assumed, like, 
that it's you know is is the truth how Savathun got the light like what what truth is she speaking about uh and maybe it it is literally that she hasn't had to lie that that by nature of our expectations of her we are deceiving ourselves and and, and that and that in turn is feeding her worm because it feeds off deception because it and feeds trickery. off ignorance yeah i think that's i think that's an important note to make too and i i think i keep I think I keep mixing those two up. I keep thinking of her as being trickery and deception. It's ignorance. Yeah. To be fair, she's referenced as the hive god of trickery and deception. Trickery and deception. Multiple right. times in game by many characters. But it's that's not specifically she what her worm feeds off of. Right. It's she herself that states that the, uh, I think it's, it's the lore card where she's uh, disguised in the city and uh, a person uh, like stumbles across her in, in a vulnerable moment and yep. she tells them a lie uh, and they, they believe it and walk away. And like, it's the ignorance of the situation that she feeds off of. Yep. Um, so I, to everyone in game, they, they think it's just, you know, trickery and, and lies and whatnot. But I think at least uh, from her explanation internally, it's a little more nuanced than that. Holy shit. So the last bit of relevant lore that I've got here, um, not directly relevant, but just kind of informs us a little bit as to what uh, Crow is up to on this reassignment. Um, actually comes from season of the lost uh sparrow the headless horsepower um festival of the lost festival of the lost you're right season of the lost festival of the lost i never made that connection till now <laughs> yeah it's all lost it's all lost uh festival of the lost the the quote-unquote like halloween october event um uh but yeah sparrow from that called headless horsepower uh reads as such Glint compiled as Crow made his way down an enormous metal corridor festooned with Keitel's banners. They were directed to a room aboard the Cabal flagship, a simple space furnished for guests. When the door closed and they were finally alone again, Glint waited expectantly for Crow's usual candor, but there was none. So, Glint finally ventured. How's it going? Crow hoisted himself into a massive cabal-sized chair and regarded Glint from the corner of his eye. A little eye-opening, maybe even frustrating, or infuriating. It's like being in a room of Saladins. Glint hovered hesitantly in front of Crow's face. Are you nervous about meeting Keitel? You don't need to be. Why are you being... weird? Crow asked with a hint of annoyance. It's just that you don't really need me here. This is a cabal battleship. The only thing that could hurt you here is the food. Crow snorted. It's really not so dangerous once you learn to sneak up on it. He paused to consider Glint's position. You're right, though. Keitel won't let anything happen to me. It would be a diplomatic incident. So I was thinking, Glint continued, that as long as you're safe, I could take some time to do a little research. 
for my collection of tall tales and legends. You mean your stories about the cult of pumpkin men? They're called the Headless Ones, Glint chirped back, and then with increasing urgency. There have been credible reports for centuries from all over Seoul detailing very similar phenomenon without any clear cause or link. Crow held up his hand. The Headless Ones, he said abruptly. <clears throat> Glint, uh, analysis. Glint backed away slightly and nodded. You're not going alone, are you? Crow asked. No, the Guardian said they'd go with me. Crow contemplated for what felt like a very long time to both of them. When he finally spoke, his voice was small and low. Just promise me one thing. Anything. When the shooting starts, remember to keep your head. Glint's groan echoed through the halls of the battleship. It was a groan of adventure. So, Crow is now the emissary to Keitel. Yeah, Crow's pun aside at the end there. Uh, what we learned from this, uh, a couple things. He is now the yeah. <laughs> It's like it's come full circle there, right? Like uh-huh. the very first entry we have about him is, is them no- naming each other. And he's like, how about Sparky? And that was very <laughs> much that human, you know, Glint has this very human... Like, reaction to it this uh it just falls into the, the bit of leaves at the campfire and it's it's very much the same yeah yeah so but yes crow is emissary to keitel um he's kind of the liaison between the tower and the cabal i uh, i find a couple things interesting about this um one of which well i get we'll, we'll do this First of all, is the fact that uh, there is an emissary to the Cabal now. There's there's a guardian emissary to the Cabal. Um, that what started as a ceasefire is leaning more and more towards an actual alliance from what I'm seeing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and well, that... and Sav- Savathun made that point pretty mm-hmm. pretty obvious uh, during the season. When I, I swear there was a scene where she's like, it's it's kind of like flashbacking through the seasons, and yep. and it shows Mithrax, and it shows Keitel, and it's like you know we used to think all Cabal were bad, and all Fallen are bad, and all Hive are bad. Like, yeah, no, in our it's... head, we're still thinking all Hive are bad, but now here's this Hive lady who's like, hey, maybe not all Hive are bad. Maybe we are all just a pawn on this giant board of light and dark. Yeah. Um... So it, it is interesting to see some of that come to light. Uh, I the the other bit, which is maybe just gameplay consideration to make Festival of the Lost have a character driving it. Uh, oh come on, I, we got we got we got we got. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say we got Ava, the greatest. We're now going to a one host podcast for this. God damn it. (laughs) Uh, Zora is now just a spectator in this (laughs) system. (laughs) No, wait, but seriously, like, we've never really had anyone for because, like, Ava's just been there for like all the, all the, 
she's just the stand-in for she's like this seasonal thing like hey here's a new thing come come do my thing with me which now now we have more uh, of a driving thing which i i really do appreciate like i i have actually really enjoyed how festival of the lost has gone this year um as far as the content we've been given the kind of little fun stories that have gone along with it um i do i do like the haunted lost sectors like i i miss the haunted forest because this is the Really? So, because this this was the first year without the haunted forest, right? So, yes, yeah. Part of part of Beyond Light being pushed back, I think, was because of that. Like they needed to still use the haunted forest for Season of the Lost, and I think I remember saying yeah. something about it last year. And then, of course, this year when it, when it was like, hey, there's there's no Mercury, like there is no Infinite Engine, there's no Infinite Forest, like we can't just go explore a dark well, version they- of it. They figured their way around that just fine for the lighthouse. Ah, touche. (laughs) Touche. And every PvP and gamut map. Mm -hmm. All right. You win Mm -hmm. this argument, good friend. Simulations, Uh, quote unquote. (laughs) Simulate my foot in your ass. But, no, um, but 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 yeah. yeah. So this like having Glint as like this like go to um, person for the for the story of the headless ones, and even the lost sectors themselves. Like I genuinely find them enjoyable. They they yeah. they are very engaging. They're very much like like you you kind of want to push yourself to get to oh how many can I get this time? How many can I? Oh, we, we did find out that there is an actual cap on them. <laughs> if you summon ten, it just it just, it just stops, stops spawning. Yeah. I noticed you have that. like you have like 45 seconds of just standing there with each other doing emotes. It's uh, it's quite fun when you when you get through those 10 really quick. Yeah. And one of the other people doesn't understand what's going on. You just see them leave. They, they just leave like broken. they think it's broken. And it's like, <laughs> no, you just got to wait, buddy. Um, so I do wish that there were that it was just an infinite amount, like like kind of like yeah. how the but that 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 was how the the forest was, right? Like. That's yeah, the whole yeah. that's the whole tracker on there, the deepest branch to get to, you know. Um, so, yeah, so that's, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that that's a thing. But I think you can do more because when the boss spawns yeah, and the they ones, go to their immunity uh, phase, yep. can you uh, infinitely farm those? I think so. You have to have a coordinated team to do it. Like you just um, have to tell each other, hey, don't throw the pumpkins at the boss. Yeah, you I, and if I recall, you specifically have to throw the pumpkins at a different enemy so that they still detonate and it right. uses them, quote unquote. Otherwise, they just keep respawning at the tree right uh, near the boss spawn. But yeah, as long as you and your team like coordinate that use um, up the bombs, but don't use them on the boss, you could farm infinitely. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, or it seems that way. I haven't had a team to do it, but I did have a, a group where we had like five of the headless ones spawn during a single boss immunity phase. So oh, absolutely. That seems to be what was happening. Uh, but yeah, I think, I, the, I think the most I've seen is, is like 14 or 15 total. So yeah, yeah I could, I could easily see five, uh, mm-hmm. through that, through that boss phase. So, but I, I agree with everything about Festival of the Lost. I've actually quite enjoyed this one. I like this rendition. Personally, I like this rendition more so than than the Lost Forest. I think mostly just because I've seen the Lost Forest for three years. Sure. Uh, it's something different. It's a little bit, it's a, it's a little, little change of change of scenery. 
But and the Lost Forest took forever to get through. Like it I did. like having something that I can just go, okay, this is going to be, you know, 10 minutes and yep. then I get a reward and the re- also, the rewards are very good. They're they're very generous. The rewards are insanely generous. Like especially, so do you have the full lore book? Yes, I do now. Yeah, like it, you get a shit ton of drops now. Mm-hmm. Like a single chest will have like five weapons in it, easily. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, it's it's very very generous with its drops. Our our commentary on the the gameplay aspect aside, uh, I find it interesting that from the story perspective and again i know they had to figure they they probably went okay we want glint to be the main attraction um because not only is the guardian mute apparently the ghost is mute now too uh but we you notice that too right <laughs> like the whole time glint is talking and not your ghost i don't think yeah. your ghost has any lines during the whole event <laughs> i don't think our ghost has said anything since beyond light i don't think he has either uh so it's apparently that's a disease that's just going around um once you've been res so many times you just lose the ability to speak you just because like zavala's ghost never talked sundance never talked whatever icora's ghost is we've never even seen icora's ghost icora actually there is a bit of lore where icora's ghost specifically does not talk to her um for telling you it's a thing uh but so all that aside, I find it interesting that Crow and Glint, these two inseparable buddies that have only ever had each other, are comfortable enough with Crow being in Keitel's care that Glint can just peace out and go to other planets? Yeah. <laughs> um... Like, does that mean Crow doesn't have his light when Glint gets too far away? Does that mean that uh, I, I I don't know. It, it just it feels a little weird, especially coming off of a, a story beat where it's like. Technically, Glint kept Crow's past from him as well. Yeah. And now there's there's almost a little bit of like. Glint doesn't think Crow trusts him anymore. Yeah, there's um, definitely a little bit of trust lost there. He he has a there's I I don't know if it's I think it's at the end of uh, one of the alignments. Um, you can get one of the dialogue that's between Glint and Ikora, and it's Glint essentially saying like, Ikora, what what if he never talks to me again? Like what what do I do? And she is essentially telling him, like, you know, you you are still his 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 family now. Like he'll he'll come around. Just give him time. Um, but it, it seems to imply that their relationship right now is is strained. Yeah. Uh, so I Which also still very wonder... much leads to that that human that humanness of the ghosts. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Like they have emotions and thoughts and feelings just like their guardians do. Um. And it, it I, I also wonder then if maybe Crow letting Glint go on this adventure and Glint wanting to go on this adventure is also their own way of giving each other space, although it seems kind of dangerous, to be honest, because I mean, it's Kyle's main ship, light, right? Like it's well, if Crow doesn't have his light, all it takes is, you know, one cabal having a bad day. 
not even to to purposefully go for him. Like, what happens if a cabal opens the door too quick and you're on the other side and they just splatter you against the wall? Like, that's true. There, there's there's the potential for accidents there. That is, that is true. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I'm sure some of it's just gameplay consideration, but I did find it kind of interesting that they were both kind of like, oh, yeah, it's fine. You can leave. I'm I'm safe here. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Which that'll be that'll actually be next week's episode is Glint's adventure next next. Uh, uh, next Monday is November 1st. Right. Am I am I crazy thinking uh, that You you may not be. Let's let's pull up a calendar here because I'm. I know we're totally we're running way over our two hour. <laughs> just just a bit, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is the November first, so the day after Halloween. Day after Halloween. Uh, so it's the Day of the Dead. Uh, we're gonna have a special. I say special podcast as if it's different than any other podcast. Uh, but that will we will be covering. Um, the season of the lost or the, the festival of the lost. See, now, you, now you got me doing it. Uh, and Glint's adventures um, throughout the universe to figure out the story of the headless ones. Dun, 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 dun. So I think, I think we've, I think we've pretty well covered the crow in depth and every other topic. Under the sun. <laughs> I, uh, I, I feel like that's the case at least for now. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll find more because there's still obviously there's still a few more uh, achievements that are secret in the game, which will obviously be part of the the epilogue. Uh, so we probably won't see those until the last couple of of weeks or days before Witch Queen. So we got yeah, we got some time. We'll have um, some time to for some more stuff to pop up. But. Exactly. Uh, so I, I, I is is this a good spot to end it then? I think so. I think this is a, a good spot to. To end our episode for the night. Alrighty then. Uh, well, you know me. I like ending with thank yous. Uh, we'll give a good thank you to Alpha and Eclipse uh, for joining us tonight. Uh, of course. <laughs> Although I think you should just go the extra 17 minutes to make it a three-hour episode. <laughs> oh, that's happening now. That's I can. No, I can don't do it. Thank don't do it. I don't know that I can fit a three-hour episode on uh, Podbean without taking both of the previous ones down. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, a big thank you to uh, uh, Sabathun for being for being you. Don't uh, take that. No. Uh, hey, I'm just I'm just thanking the messenger. Uh, Go back to your subreddit. <laughs> uh, thank you to Glint. Uh, for for I guess pulled pork now glint, uh, for throwing the entire Destiny universe into this chaos that has been the last year, um, of us discovering Crow and the insanity that is Crow. Uh, I I guess thank you, Mara. I, I maybe we'll thank Mara in secret. Not my Mara song. On on. Hashtag not my Mara, uh, <laughs> or hashtag Mara thir- rule thirty four. Um, oh no! <laughs> I mean, sure, but not 
Sure. No, don't, don't make that public. But not right now. <laughs> uh, obviously, thank you to uh, um, Pro himself and Aldrin for just being, uh, for wanting to continue on. Like, for how much hell this poor guy has been put through for, for to keep going, to keep moving forward, to keep saying, I'm going to take the next step. I'm just going to, you know, today sucks. I'm going to keep going. Like, I think, I think that, I think that message, that little subliminal message there is something that a lot of, uh, a lot of us as humans outside of the game need of that message of, you know, life will kick you in the balls and it fucking blows, but there's always tomorrow. You know, and then there's always the next day, and it's and it's it's that it, that's that's what I truly get from Crow's story, from all the way from Aldrin, all the way from the beginning uh, of of you know all that time ago, back on the back on the X's screen to now. It, it's it's always that story of I I am I am better for my experiences in life. It's it's not it's not what kills you makes you stronger. It's what you experience makes you better. I think is a is a is a much better way to put that saying, and so that's I I I really enjoy that 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 line of thinking there that that when life when life gives you lemons, cut them in half and squirt them in the eyes of your enemy, and then give them a thousand paper cuts and pour that lemon juice in their paper cuts and laugh in their faces. Um, Sounds like sure a, uh, who is it? C- Cave Johnson from Portal. I think so. Yeah. I think that's I think that's what that was from. So thank you, Portal, for that reference. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Myth, for keeping me sane and 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 honest and and wholehearted and and such a good person. Um, I I absolutely adore these Mondays. These are these are some some of my favorite times in the week. Comes from comes from these little. These little stints. So, uh, with that, myth, you got anything? Summed it up nicely. So, say we will see everyone come Monday, and uh, that will be covering the Festival of the Lost. <laughs>